Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, um, I'm Kristen Carlson from Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with Dr. Jim Carlson. He's a holistic veterinarian of about 20 years. And uh, Dr. Carlson is the owner of Riverside Animal Clinic and the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Center located in Chicago's northwest suburbs. We're really excited that you're here with us today. We have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, trying to go, you know, with the natural things um, that are so effective in our practice with pet medicine. Um, today, we're going to be talking about using a really common fruit uh, to help your pets, cranberry. How are you going to get a cranberry down your animal? <laughs> we have a few suggestions for that. And the reasons why cranberry is really, really effective when it comes to um, pet health urinary tract health, and just a lot of other ways that cranberries and fruits like that can help your animal. Um, even gut health is important. And that's, cranberries can be, you know, a good part of that. They have certain aspects of them that make them really effective as far as gut health is concerned. Um, and we'll, you know, talk about ways to get your pet to eat those. <laughs> it's not easy. They're very sour. No, no person would probably eat them plain either. Um, also, uh, pandemic pets are a really big deal right now. I was completely overwhelmed here in the animal hospital by how many people have gotten pets during the pandemic. And they're really loved. It's super fun to see all these really cute puppies and kittens coming in. Usually this is something we see like right after Christmas, or maybe um, right when summer starts, you might see a few more dogs and cats right after Christmas is usually a big deal. But right now it's a puppy and kitten explosion and they're just really fun. So work has been really, really fun actually around here, but definitely not something that we have ever seen before in 20 years of practice, 20 years of owning animal hospitals. So it was kind of uh, been an interesting one. And one, you know, we've all had to kind of revisit here in the clinic, like, are we sure we're telling everybody everything are we educating people the way that they need to be educated on all these animals um and then uh also we're going to talk today about calming treats we have our own line of calming support for dogs and we've also got a few other lines that we're going to be pulling in and looking at some of the key ingredients in them ranging from mushrooms to valerian root and we're going to just kind of compare what do all of those ingredients do? Are any of them harmful to dogs and cats in any uh, amount of, um, you know, any, any certain amounts or something? So that's something that, you know, it's something to think about when you're looking at calming treats, especially right now with all these pets coming in. Some of them have been homeless animals. Um, shelters were cleared, that kind of thing. Uh, people who can't keep their pets due to maybe a long-term unemployment situation. We're also going to talk about ways to kind of feed your pet during a long-term unemployment situation as well. So I have a lot of things going. We also have um, some listener questions that needed to be answered today. 
Uh, those questions came to us through holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. And our Facebook page is Dr. Jim Carlson Holistic Vet Advice. We have new videos coming up and new content coming up on those pages frequently. So um, that's something, you know, we want to share with you uh, as far as that goes. So Holistic Vet Advice, we've got uh, plenty of stuff for you. So uh, we've got last week's video. What did we do it on? It wasn't pumpkin. Apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So we talked a little bit last week about apple cider vinegar. Some of the benefits, would you just kind of sum that up really quick for us really quick? Well, it's surprising that apple cider vinegar is an acid. Um, it's derived uh, from fermenting apple cider itself and just letting it go further, letting the bacteria uh, and yeast break that down into more of the acidic form, which is really apple cider vinegar uh, is just making the apples more sour. Um, at a 50-50 with water, as distilled water is best, uh, makes a great, great ear wash, mouthwash, food supplement. Um, you can use it straight. It's a little more sour, as Krista mentioned. Sour animals aren't big on sour because their taste buds are, are more delicate than ours. Uh, we can handle a little more sour. Uh, mm -hmm. Cats can handle a little more sour. But um, about a teaspoon a day, there's no set dosage at all in terms of, of, uh, you know, how much to give because this is, these are natural products and, um, but it's, it's great for the GI tract as far as a probiotic. It's great for the urinary tract, um, to, to, uh, balance out the urine pH, great mouthwash, especially antibacterial. You know, that's one thing I always notice, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you do a lot of workups, a lot of laboratory results from, you know, all kinds of different animals, dogs and cats mainly, but you do it very, very frequently. And one thing I always notice is that when people say their animal is having, um, oh, I think he has a UTI, I think she has a UTI, I think there's something going on, she's going all over the house, what I frequently see, and there might not be anything else in the urine report that's wrong, but what I frequently see is a high pH. It's very common, especially in, in uh, what they call cystitis. So okay. canine and feline lower urinary tract disease. What, what does cystitis mean? Cystitis is uh, when the body has become too acidic or too alkaline. Um, the kidney is responsible for acid base balance. So it says, well, if it's too acid, I'm going to put more acid in the urine. If it's too basic, I'm going to put more basic in the urine. And so when that pH goes up, it causes irritation to the bladder because the bladder is used to a six to six and a half pH. So okay. if it's adjusted for any reason, it's going to cause the pet uh, or or even for us to urinate more frequently to get that acidic or basic urine out. So cystitis. So they feel their bladder is irritated by this. Definitely. It's they, irritating. Like you're sitting there and you're like, okay, why do I have to yeah. go again? And then not that much comes out. Yeah. They feel the same thing as, as we as humans do when we're having bladder irritation, it, 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 it hurts. It's uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, they don't show pain like we do. They don't complain about pain, but they usually act on the pain. We tend to complain and then and worry about it. And but animals just get her done. You know, they say, <laughs> "Okay, I'm just going to solve this. I'm going to pee more," which means I'm going to pee in the house, maybe if it's mm -hmm. necessary, uh, because that that 
that inflammation shrinks the bladder down. So the capacity to stretch the bladder now, it's kind of built by design. You don't want a big bladder full of that high or low pH urine. Right. It shrinks it down and says, okay, I'm going to give you this much capacity and oh. get this urine out more and more. So there's just not enough room. No. So that's why the, that's part of the frequent going. Right. Oh. So that inflammatory response brings the bladder so it doesn't stretch, makes them urinate more often to get that uh, you know, urine out. Hmm. So we not only have to address the bladder itself, but also what's going on in the body to create that alkalinity or acidity as well. Hmm. So, you know, when we're talking about you know, cranberries, mm-hmm. for example, is one of those effective methods. The ingredients- He are- uses cranberry- very, very frequently. Yeah, Anything right. ranging from, well, we have a cranberry soft chew here that we can, yeah. you know, give animals. But then also you've gone as far as to have people just go get the powdered cranberry mm-hmm. at just a regular drugstore. And that's also something that you've used that's been effective. Yeah. Azo has uh, been a, a wonderful product as well. Uh, it, it's a human grade product. But uh, what we're finding is, is based off of that, that the pet products are becoming more palatable and, and, and doing even a little better job. Uh, because if you get a human grade product, we're not always sure which dosage, where uh, when we put a little bit more research behind it, we know about how much uh, a pet should have of the cranberries mm-hmm. uh, so it doesn't upset their stomach and throw them off. But um, the cool thing, what I didn't know, it, 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 it took me, I guess, almost 56 years to know this is cranberry is one of three natural fruits in North America. Okay. Which is very cool. It has so many good ingredients, but the main thing is it for the GI tract is it has pectin, cellulose, uh, and it passes through the GI tract intact because uh, a lot of times the stomach acid will break that down and you don't get the active ingredient necessarily in the gut, but because it's natural, it goes right through there and gets to the GI tract, providing uh, a, a lot of good vitamins and minerals. So what I know about pectin and this like insoluble fiber um, is that pectin sort of acts like a sponge in your gut, correct? And yep. then it takes everything around inside and kind of sucks it in a bit like a sponge and then pushes it all out. That's right. So pectin is, is going to absorb some of that because once you digest your food, it's going to go to the portal vein. The liver is going to process that. And if the, in the process of creating usable products from food, that could create too much of an acid, too much of a base. And so it starts with the liver. The liver says, okay, I'm, I'm going to process this. The kidney says, well, you're making too much pH here, man. So slow her down. And so what happens is that the kidney has to respond to that. So we have to have a, a blood pH of seven mm-hmm. or we get super sick. Okay. So is that the same for animals? That's the same for animals. Oh, okay. And so pectin does a nice job of absorbing what we shouldn't absorb. So toxins and so stuff like that? It doesn't work the liver so hard, you see. Oh, okay. And if you work, liver is the hardest working organ in the body. It has 1,500 functions. Wow. And so you... Uh, we don't want to distract it. It's a very busy organ. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so Pecton does a nice job of, of taking care of that. All right. Uh, and, and obviously you get good vitamins and minerals. That's very helpful. The kidney likes that. Uh, but the cool thing is this, the bioactive plant compounds in cranberry is, is quercetin. I, I keep hearing about, is it pronounced quercetin? Right. I keep hearing about it um, from a human standpoint as well. It's a very cool product. I was just pulling out my notes here because what it does is it, it's an anti-inflammatory. Uh, it also helps with, um, you know, reducing acidity as well. Their ursolic acid, the cool thing about ursolic acid. What's, what is ursolic acid? Ursolic acid is, uh, it actually builds muscle. And oh, okay. It, it helps reduce muscle breakdown. So the cool thing about that is that most of the urinary tract problems, uh, when it becomes a urine problem, is that Elderly dogs that can't, that aren't as flexible, that may don't have the muscle structure, okay. uh, can't squeeze all the urine out. So they can't empty the bladder. And that's, that is actually happens all the time. It happens all the time. All the time. So when your dog gets older and they need a product called Proin, which I actually have right here, because it has to be kept away from everything else. It's yeah. literally almost a controlled substance kind of is in some states. This is Proin, and this is what you do for that, right? Right. Proin just basically tightens the bladder sphincter, which is a muscle. And so uh, what ursolic acid can do is improve muscle contraction of the bladder, also uh, contributes to building muscle of the lumbar area to provide better flexibility Hmm. and to the femoral muscles of the back legs. If you notice that when animals go to the bathroom, it's pretty acrobatic. You know, we just, you know, stand up or sit down. Animals are hiking their leg, they're squatting down or a combination of both. And so they have to be flexible. They have to be able to hold that position until the bladder's empty. So if we don't get good bladder emptying, it's gonna get stagnant. This happens so frequently too. In the animal hospital, we see so many cases like this. Right. and. And if that bladder doesn't empty all the way, it's like one of those, um, I guess, what do they call that? Turkey basters. Mm -hmm. So the bladder squeezing down. And then if it doesn't release all the urine, it wicks, sucks up whatever Mm -hmm. moisture is on the skin. And you're going to suck in bacteria. So that's why sometimes we see uh, bacterial (laughs) infections due to E. coli. Uh, we see bacterial infections due to staph or strep uh, because those are skin bacteria or fecal mm-hmm. bacteria because Yuck. obviously we're, we've got the same area <clears throat> going on there. But at the same time, uh, female dogs are going to have more trouble with bacterial infection. Male dogs have more trouble with cystitis. Okay. Male humans have more trouble with cystitis. <clears throat> but cranberry is good for both of them. Absolutely. So it also has certain specific antioxidants as well. Um, the A-type proanthocyanidins. Okay. Very potent anti-inflammatories. Uh, it can aid in actin- antibacterial. Uh, and, and that's the beauty of using cranberry extract is you get anti-inflammatory, you get muscle building, but you also help support uh, and, and can reduce the use of antibacterial uh, 
like like antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. Uh, can support the antibiotic as well. So this last one that you've been talking about here has tannins in it. And tannins, you know, there's tannin in wine. So actually cranberry wine is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it because it's kind of sweet, sour kind of right. wine. But the tannins um, that you find in, you know, like red wine, it's what gives your mouth that really dry taste that at the end, uh, pull it away and it's like that. Um, those are actually good because they kind of sort of dry things out a little bit, dry out the inflammation. Is that what I'm thinking? They probably do. And then um, that makes them effective against UTIs for that reason. Right. And, you know, after you drink a a dry wine, it'll dry your mouth out or Mm -hmm. a a sweet wine may add a little bit of moisture. Uh, If you think about a sweet wine adding moisture, well, if if there's too much wet there, the bacteria like that. Mm -hmm. But if you're using something a little drier, like the tannins dry things out just a little bit, mm-hmm. it doesn't allow the bacteria to bond to the, okay. the tissue and cause infection. Okay. All right. Uh, so the antioxidants are really good at decreasing inflammation, cognitive function, and maybe possibly alleviating some skin and allergy conditions. You know, that's, that is potentially there. The skin and allergy conditions can be really, really tough to treat. So having a little hit of antioxidant is probably a good idea. Oh, yeah, always. And <clears throat> there the tannins can help to dry out uh, moist dermatitis and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeast, yeast love moisture. And, um, you know, how do we give it? Uh, Kristen mentioned that there's there's various. <laughs> how am I going to get my dog to eat a cranberry? Right. <laughs> it, the people that make these do a very good job with palatability. So hiding it, <laughs> a lot of the studies uh, hide it for sure with animals is just to make sure that they like it, especially cats. They're pretty sensitive about things. They kind of get offended if you try to hide something in their food. So you want to make sure it's good <laughs> and palatable because uh, kitties are kind of uh, kitties are fussy about that. Fussy. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, and dogs can be as well. That's right. And, and so they've, they've come up with various ways to uh, put the cranberry into, like uh, Kristen has one called Fruitables. Super cute. It's a pumpkin and cranberry flavor, uh, but also it has, uh, so it, it tastes like it, but it also has the products in there. So it has pumpkin, oats, pearled barley, potatoes, sunflower oil, a few other things, some cinnamon and cranberries, natural apple flavor and vanilla flavor as well. Apple does a nice job. Well, probably got some green tea extract in here. There's a lot of really good stuff in this treat, actually. Oh, it's got rosemary, and rosemary has a lot of quercetin in it, too, as well. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the green tea is good for inflammation. Green tea is great for inflammation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, this product is by Manapro. That company's been around a really long time mm-hmm. feeding livestock. So um, actually, we're using some of this on our rescue horses. The uh, some of the Mana Pro products on our rescue horses to try to help them gain weight. Yeah. So, um, the Fruitables then is a pumpkin and cranberry flavor. There's also the cranberry soft chews, which I meant to bring back here with me to the office, <laughs> and I didn't quite make it. But um, so the cranberry soft chews are also a really good idea, and they don't really smell like cranberry. But if you're making a raw diet at home, I would think that you could probably stick some cranberries in a food processor, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. How many would you put, say, in a, maybe you were using like a pound of meat. How many cranberries could you stick in there before it got sour? With fruits, you know, for, say, a 
a pound of beef, you would no, want to use no more than a quarter cup. Okay. Because uh, more than that, it's going to change the taste of the meat and the dogs and cats are not going to like that. Uh, the second thing is that uh, when it's in its whole form, you're going to get the whole food. So you don't need as much. Uh, when, oh, it's, okay. you know, when it's processed into chews and, and powders and things like that, you, you do lose a little of the effect, but at the same time, it's much more concentrated. So um, imagine 100 cranberries. Well, in one of those canisters like cranberry chew, it's like having 1,000 cranberries in that little jar. I imagine yeah. because it's been processed down mm -hmm. to powders and, and put into chews and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So uh, the bioavailability in the process of cooking goes down a little bit, but they respond to that or adjust for that by increasing the concentration in the in the chew or the or the teaspoon of powder. Okay. Um, well, humans would normally have a cranberry in juice, probably with sugar added. I know they have some un no added sugar type juices now. Um, and they would, you know, those cranberries at Thanksgiving, I, we're all crazy about those in yeah, our I house. With sugar, so, yeah. you know, it tastes good. Cause I, I tried a cranberry without anything and man, they're it's super, sour. super sour. So, but you wouldn't want to take any of that sugar filled cranberry Thanksgiving stuff and put it in your dog dish. No, cause you're kind of defeating the purpose then uh, because that the it, it kind of, the, the added sugar is going to go through the system and, and then cause more yeast problems, GI problems, things like that. So uh, try to avoid sugar if it, 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 you know, at all costs. Okay. Always try that. Lots of um, cranberries can mean stomach upset. So, you know, I mean, it might work for some dogs. It might not work for others. So, or just don't let them get a hold of a whole bag of cranberries. <laughs> this is something my dogs would do at home, eat all of them, and then, you know, have a real fun time for the next five days. Trying to clean yeah, it. Definitely non-toxic. Our dogs are always eating something. But not going to pass quietly. Okay. Oh yeah. The pumpkin <laughs> will help as well. So anyway, so as far as the cranberries go, just talk to your vet. If you're thinking about adding cranberries to your pet's diet. So uh, some good things. So, um, one of the things that you could do with a treat like that with a pumpkin and cranberry is a meal topper. Um, a meal topper is a really huge growing product market in, uh, pet medicine and pet nutrition, and it can make pet food a lot more palatable. So if this treat tastes really great to your dog or cat, you can kind of put a little water with that rehydrate it, stick it on the dog food, and it might make them just want to eat their dog food better, maybe eat the whole bowl instead of snacking from time to time. And it also adds hydration to, you know, it's, it's summer. It's been really, really hot in some parts of the country, including Chicago, although we've had a little break lately. I think it's all coming back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, the meal toppers do add the hydration, which is always a key factor in summer. And then it also cures boredom. So if your pet is just kind of tired of the same old dog food, or they're just not looking forward to their meal, there are so many great options out there as far as meal toppers are concerned. But meal toppers are uh, now millions and millions of dollars worth the pet nutrition category. So pet food, pet nutrition, um, some good meal toppers include some of the dehydrated products. They're really, really good because they're whole food. You're not going to add calories. You're going to keep the calories low. Um, I always use, you know, take your pet's weight, 
divided by 2.2 that you get the kilograms, take it times 30, add 70, and 10% of that you can use as treats. Now, when you're using whole food meal toppers, you're going to only get like one of the Northwest naturals is like seven calories, not much at all. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to use quite a bit of that fruit. Like Kristen said, approves the palatability. You're going to add hydration because a half to one ounce per pound of body weight is how much water consumption. But sometimes owners say, well, my dog's not going to drink that much or my cat. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you get them to drink more? Well, put it in the food, eat, eat the water. Mm -hmm. So you're going to add moisture. And for a cat, this is especially important. Why, why are cats super important as far as that's concerned? Well, the urinary tract, especially for male cats, it's important to hydrate these guys because they're desert dwellers by nature. So if you think about the desert, how much water is in the desert, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be looking for water to drink. So genetically, like, are they not programmed to drink water? They're not programmed to, to drink water as a primary means of getting water. They oh. eat it from their food and then they supplement with water. <laughs> That's uh, interesting. Because it freaks them out. You know, when you watch a cat drink, they're always looking up to make sure nobody's going to pounce on it, right? <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's not a natural. I never thought about it, but it is true. Yeah. That is true. Interesting. Um, so wet food can be a good idea for cats. Some dogs do dogs with urinary tract issues need wet food. Very important to hydrate there again, when the bladders, uh, you know, really tight from inflammation and a high pH, just flushing that bladder out, getting that specific gravity down close to water, just flushing that out. Uh, too bad we can't just unhook the bladder and rinse it with water every day or several times a day. So that's kind of that's what it really that's means. That's kind of what you're trying to do. Yeah, we're just okay. naturally flushing. Naturally flushing. So yeah. um, you can also add a little bit of some lightly cooked vegetables. Those are a great meal topper. So none of these things are actually really costing you too much money at all because um, the rehydrated food and treats, it can come in a package like this big for maybe $15 and you can get multiple, multiple, multiple servings, at least a month's worth of servings out of it as a meal topper, um, maybe a couple of months, depending on, on your dog, uh, lightly cooked veggies, some berries, if they'll eat them and yogurt's also a good one actually. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that. Well, yogurt uh, is, is a very good meal topper. We just have to be careful of the sugar content. So okay. you want to use something that's very low sugar, no additives, so just plain yogurt. Uh, if, if you have, you know, the, the probably the best yogurt is goat yogurt uh, because it's it's very high in, in antibacterials and, and good probiotics, but at the same time, um, it's pretty neutral. So you're not gonna get the diarrheas uh, and what they call lactose intolerance or or food allergies from goat yogurt. We have this one by Steve's Real Food. It's um, it's pretty cute, real stinky. So your dog's gonna love it. And mm -hmm. so it's this really cute milk bottle. You fill it up to here. Inside the milk bottle is some powdered goat's milk. It's green. Uh, so spirulina yeah. is part it's of that. Cool Dandelion. Um, it's got some kale in there. Chia seed. Um, one of our staff is actually going to try this on her dog. She was super interested in this product. She's going to do a video on that. So we'll put that in as well. Uh, so Carly, there you go. But uh, it's called Carnivorage. We can actually ship this to you if you would like to try it. It's pretty interesting. Um, I think any dog would love this as a meal topper because 
it is, it really is super smelly, something that they're really going to go after. It smells like food, sure. you know, it but it does, like it's going to do something. Yeah, it does smell like food. So this, um, if you don't want to handle like, you know, uh, one of the things Carly said is she wanted to do goat's milk, but she thought it would go bad, you know, before she was actually done with it. And this, you know, you have like a week to use it or whatever. So I don't know. This is a really cool new product. We'll let you know uh, how it works out, but I suspect probably going to be amazing. Steve's real food. Uh, it's called, what is that called? Carnivorage. Carnivorage. Freeze-dried goat super smoothie. <laughs> That's cute. Oh. Your dog needs a smoothie now, and so does your kitty. Okay, well, we're going to be back in just a little bit. Um, 866-472-5788 is the number to call if you have questions. We're going to be answering Nikki's question when we come back about dental care and talk a little bit about COVID-19 and some great new insights and interesting things that have happened in the pet industry that have really shaken things up since uh, the pandemic started. We'll be right back here on Voice America World Talk Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Bed Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. 
Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson, owner of Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. Um, You can reach our page at Dr. Jim Carlson, Holistic Vet Advice, and that's on Facebook. You can also email us at holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. I've already had a couple of those uh, coming through. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 866-472-5788. So um, we have been talking a little bit about COVID-19 today and its impact on the pet industry, um, not just veterinary clinics, but on pet in, the pet industry uh, worldwide, actually. Pet care brands are dealing with one of the few positive effects of that, and that is a surge, a massive surge in pet ownership. But it is a really great time to adopt a pet. I mean, we've all been, you know, some people have had to shelter in place for quite a long time, a couple of months. What a great time to housebreak your dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Being home, you know, you got a couple of months there. That's about how long it takes to get a good house training going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really important, um, especially, you know, adopting a shelter pet because they're not going to come necessarily in already house trained. Some are, some aren't, uh, but they still have to get the routine down. So that's a great time to get them acclimated. Yeah, we've taken, I swear, we always have to take pictures of all the puppies and kitties that come here because they're just so cute. And, um, I mean, they're precious. So yeah. and it's, I just saw one out here, kind of a golden retriever, but with the little um, pointy little whiskers, super cute little dog. And one of the interesting things is um, had two kids with them as well. So a lot of these people have families, they have kids and it's been discovered now. There's a new uh, survey out there right now that a family dog could help your preschooler learn social and emotional skills. This uh, new study finds published on CNN, toddlers from dog owning families who participated in the study were 30% less likely to have conduct and peer problems in comparison to preschoolers from families who didn't own dogs. Even at this age, toddlers could benefit from interacting with a pet, but while supervised. So that's one of the key things. So don't just uh, throw the dog in the room or a puppy, you know, with a toddler, because you kind of just never know what'll happen. There have to be some uh, some safety protocols on that one, right? Yeah, just like you wouldn't not supervise your child. Um, the puppies and kitties, same thing. You have to supervise them, you have to guide them. Uh, when you put children and pets together, same thing. You want to interact, you want to show the child how to socialize with the pet, same way from the pet to socialize with the child. So being there is really important. Uh, the pets aren't a babysitter, so we have to remember that. Uh, you have to supervise as a parent or, or child care provider uh, to watch that so accidents don't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not to get all preachy or anything, but right. it's just one of those things that we, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't kind of get a little warning, off, so. a little suggestion. Yeah. Just take it that way and not like a super preachy thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, they are, I mean, so much fun. They can provide so much um, interest to everyone's life and just like this super cute little thing to um, a family as well. So uh, our house, actually, we had kittens during the pandemic um, with our Persians. So that was super fun. So that was just something that we got to enjoy and see those kitties grow up and move on to wonderful homes. So uh, toddlers, there's no, none around our house at this point, never will be again. I don't think, but uh, but, uh, anyway, so I'm mm -hmm. really glad to hear that kids from those homes are learning kind of um, in a way, even though we're kind of all socially distanced, isolated, maybe can't play with friends anymore, how to trust 
how to build trust with another being, even if it's a dog. And that to me is through kindness. Yeah. They have to learn how to be kind, how to empathize with other people, and obviously how to put yourself in the shoes of a pet. And they may not totally get that, but they are getting it and learning it just by having the animal in the house. That's right, because the, the first time you encounter an animal, they're looking at your energy. They're looking, and this gets a little woo-woo, they're looking at your energy, your frequency, but also your eye structure. Our eyes point forward. Prey animals, the eyes are on the side. Mm -hmm. So they have more peripheral vision. They can almost see behind their head where we only can see about, fit, you know, probably 180 degrees unless we turn our head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So predator to predator, they see our eyes forward. They're going to be more in fight or flight mode with that. Mm -hmm. uh, a horse the same way. And so when building trust, they have to, it's, when they see the eyes, eyes forward, they have to know that your energy is soft. Mm -hmm. So you have to be in a relaxed mood. You have around your pets, you have to be uh, calm, assertive energy. Okay. Cesar Milan often talks about calm, assertive energy, right? And it's true because they're going to pick up on your frequency. They're looking above you. They're seeing your energy, your aura, okay. uh, and they know what color that is. That's why you can, you can take the, the border collie that picks out the red and blue balls and stuff like that. They can see certain color frequencies. Hmm. Um, you know, they can see purple or maybe pink. Uh, we often thought they were colorblind, but they actually see a little bit of color color, but the types of colors that that dog is picking out, they can't see that color. It's a frequency. Mm. Okay. So energetic, energetic. And so that's why dogs can, can smell cancer. That's why dogs can, can pick up, uh, there's such great, uh, like the police dogs are mm -hmm. so very, very good, uh, as well. The German shepherds and, and, um, because they can, they can tell if somebody's off. And so when you're approaching the pets and learning trust, you first of all want to come to them with just a very calm demeanor. Mm -hmm. uh, if you feel fearful or frightened, it's probably best to go calm down for a while before you approach a pet mm -hmm. or just stand in their presence. Let them stand mm -hmm. in your presence. I call it a five-minute or two-minute uh, psychometry, just standing in the presence of the animal, letting them see you, you see them. And relaxing. Yeah, that's how you always approach your rooms. You never rush in. You just kind of stand back and wait for them to understand who you are and how that works. Um, but, uh, you know, fingernails and some good treats and mm. just petting and stuff yeah, are, yeah. <laughs> are pretty easy to uh, spread a little kindness to your animal. And that helps to build trust as well. So um, speaking of the German Shepherds, there is a veterinary school in France. They have a 95% success rate in sniffing out the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. They've done it for weeks. They've tried this and their German Shepherds are actually already trained to sniff, but they have found sweat samples from both infected and non-infected people. 
And the sweat samples were then used to soak pieces of cotton wool, which were placed inside metal cones. And the dogs then used their sense of smell to identify whether the sweat sample inside the cone was infected or not with a 95% accuracy. So maybe this will help everybody not get swabbed clear to the back of your brain. (laughs) These dogs are, you know, I mean, dogs are amazing. And German shepherds, when it comes to police work and that kind of thing, are are really, really cool. So I actually wrote a blog on German Shepherds because I had two of them growing up that I trained. Super smart. And actually, I'll post that, I think, to our uh, Facebook page, Dr. Jim Carlson, Holistic Vet Advice, uh, right on Facebook. So um, just some of the interesting things about German Shepherds. But this could kind of be a game changer. If they can really train these dogs to sniff out that coronavirus, I wonder if you could even know before you had it, if the dog came to you with about a 95% accuracy. They have that such a keen ability because, um, and and somewhat mysterious, it's really interesting because the, you know, how something so small, the pets can pick up on that. The German Shepherd has such a keen sense of smell, but also uh, because they're very close to their wolf ancestry, uh, just feeling the vibration of something uh, being able to tell, okay, that's different than this. Uh, it's so amazing. What an amazing breed. Mm-hmm. So one of the things it said is, you know, the goals of this in um, the French study, uh, of course, they're going to have to do more trials before the sniffer dogs could be widely used. But the professor that's doing the study said they could provide a quick, cost-effective solution to testing in airports and other big public locations. And he said, quote, we could make the dogs available to local governments so people can be tested without paying for free. And eventually every day you could go and see if these dogs will pick up on coronavirus in your system. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. That would be fast, too. Super fast. Um, Very... uh, pre-infection mm-hmm. no so you could mm-hmm. do some things ahead of time so you wouldn't get fully sick you could you know take more vitamins you know you could uh, get more rest you know be proactive stay home mm-hmm. uh, you know isolate yourself those things yeah. so what an amazing thing that uh, would be fantastic yeah so um you know with all these new pets that are coming into the practice every day like we've had to update our vaccines far more frequently buying vaccines um purchasing them. We do do offer vaccines. So I know a lot of people don't believe in them, but we have a very customized vaccine protocol at Riverside Animal Clinic that Dr. Carlson has always worked on. Um, and it's it's not over-vaccinating, but you like that immunity when they're little, right? Yeah. Initially, you got to use a synthetic immunity really to get them started. And then after that, we, we build on that naturally to keep that preserved. Mm-hmm. Um, by providing good nutrition, good minerals and vitamins, uh, you know, a great lifestyle. Um, and those are important to keep mm-hmm. that immunity going because it can last a lifetime. But if we're putting the pet through stress, if we're, if we're not taking care of them properly, uh, getting their nails done, getting their, their coat uh, perfect, their ears, everything, it's important because uh, if we don't, unfortunately, Uh, what can happen is that they're more prone to getting uh, viruses. Um, So 
this year, Chewy expects profits to jump 36% year over year after all of this has gone on. And if you guys have ever seen those Dodo videos, they're really cute. They're always about animal rescue and stuff like that. Um, They have had triple digit growth on YouTube during the pandemic. So a lot of uh, pet things growing during the pandemic. Good for your mental health, obviously. And um, there is the, you know, aspect of feeding your pet during a sustained period of unemployment. Do you have any tips that would like help people save maybe a little money or something on pet food? Well, always make sure that 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 simple formula I mentioned earlier is just your pet's weight divided by 2.2 gives you the kilograms times 30 at 70. So you can actually see this, um, on petnutritionalliance.com has a fantastic calculator. And I've talked about it. I talk about it all the time because we okay. use it all the time here. Right. And that can help you show how many calories your dog actually needs. So you're not overfeeding with like 50 or 60% of dogs in this country being obese. That's probably, you know, a good thing. So looking at that and making sure you're feeding the right amount is important. Then what? Then after you get the kilocalories that the total kilocalories mm-hmm. for your pet, And this is based on their ideal weight. You can talk to a veterinarian about what's the ideal weight, right? But at the same time, each food has a little bit different kilocalories per cup. Um, And the average dog food would be roughly about 350 to 400 kilocalories per cup. So you'd be amazed how much you're actually overfeeding. You have to measure it. You can't say, well, I put five handfuls in there. That's not good. We see uh, that a lot. Right. Actually, yeah. A coffee can full. No, that's not going to work. Could you fill out with a little bit of um, fruit, vegetables, some extra meat you have? Could you fill out the diet of human food a little bit? Well, I love the little appetizer um, that I always talk about is three parts raw hamburger mm-hmm. to one part whole kernel corn as an appetizer about the size of an ice cube. So you just put them in your ice cube tray, make them up ahead of time. And that is a good snack and a little bit to take the edge off and help out uh, as far as dog food expenses go. So it's been used forever, you know, bitters, you know, you you have bitters as a pre-appetizer to help you digest better. All right. Um, And then uh, adding a little bit of vegetable to fill things out might save you a little bit as money as well. Okay. So um, we also have to talk just briefly about prioritizing the health of staff. Petco has implemented changes to prioritize the health of their staff, as have a lot of animal hospitals, ours included. Uh, We do have a mandatory mask policy uh, that's throughout Illinois. So everywhere you go, you are supposed to have a mask on. And we have actually, since there's been a little uptick in COVID, have had to stop seeing patients in rooms. So, um, you know, a lot of clinics aren't even letting people in. They just have to wait in the car for their animal to be done. So just got to kind of respect what everybody has going on. You know, like we've had to really think about it a lot because we have people with small children who work here and they might see 40 or 50, maybe 80 people a day coming in and out of the healthy pet lifestyle here in McHenry, Illinois. Now that's a lot of people to, you know, come in contact with and some of them aren't too happy when they have to wear a mask or they want to get really close. Um, And, you know, it's just in this day and age, COVID has changed um, that. So before you go to your vet's office or a pet store or any place like that, you may just want to check with them and see what their policies are and hopefully, you know, respect what everybody's got to do. Also for the COVID-19 pandemic puppy, 
uh, we had a really good tip. Um, this is from Lost Dogs of Illinois, and it's to buy uh, like a recall line if you can get one of these. The recall line is about 15 feet long. And when you have a new puppy or a new rescue dog, you know, they may not know not to run. Uh, obviously, a lot of dogs just like running away from home. We've had dogs like that before. And this is 15 feet long. If you can just keep your dog connected to this and let them go like through the house, um, through the yard, just always have something that you could grab. If you're running behind and trying to catch them, this uh, recall line is actually something good. So we're actually going to start carrying those in our pet store too, because they're important. Um, Nikki has a question for us. Uh, Nikki uh, purchased all the pet toothpaste. She's purchased the pet toothbrush, but she doesn't know how to use it. So Nikki, um, I like this pet toothbrush because it's long. We also have a pet finger brush. So this is um, super little, fits right over your finger. This can be convenient for people whose pets, you know, don't mind having their teeth brushed. It fits over your finger and it's pretty snug. Um, so it's got the little bristles on it. The pet toothbrush I think is nice because it's long and it's very hard. It's made especially for pets. Don't go to the dollar store and buy a toothbrush for your dog because you're going to want this one, which is long and allows you to get way back into the back teeth. And this does not snap. So one of the problems with pet toothbrush toothbrushes that are not pet is that they can snap. Right. They can, they can bite it off and that piece can go right down into the tummy. It you happens more than you think. Ergonomically different that the reach toothbrush, for example, would bend in this one bends the other way for that purpose. So you just want to get contact with the tooth. You don't want this whole thing in there, the whole handle. You just want the end of it. Okay, so just a pea size, Nikki, on um, this little teeny tiny toothbrush. Great to do it every day if you can get to it. If you know your dog doesn't like this, there are a lot of dogs who are really going to struggle and a lot of humans who are really going to struggle with this. I get that. So another thing you can follow up with even on your toothbrush or just by hand is this oral care gel. Pets Life and Vets Life make one. You've seen them around. Um, I like the Pets Life Vets Life version because Vets Life is a veterinary brand. Mm. So this one is just all you do is just do a little pump, get it in the mouth, swish it around and, um, super fast. This one smells like peppermint. So that's good. Mm. Some of them smell like salmon. That's pretty gross. But the other thing, um, if you really cannot touch your dog's mouth and you've tried a good thing to start when they're little, like a pandemic puppy or a cat or a kitten is to get in there and just, just kind of rub around and make them used to that is, uh, there's also got Vetrodent, um, which is, uh, it works on, um, on, what is it, the Vetrodent? It works great in the water. And so it's, what it's going to do is acts as a pet mouthwash. So you're putting so much into the water per day. So when they're drinking the water, they're basically washing their mouth uh, and it helps to reduce periodontal disease. It's the film. Yeah. The biofilm. The biofilm. Yeah, yeah. that's the word I was missing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works against the biofilm. The biofilm. Um, and this is what Vetrodent does. So that sticky, gross stuff that's on the inside of your dog dish, and sometimes it's orange. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see it in your dishwasher, that kind of thing. That's biofilm. It needs to be broken up. Um, it's full of plaque and bacteria. And this is one of the things that 
this product is designed just to do is work on biofilm. And that's the basis of your plaque, correct? That's right. Am I right? Okay. I've learned something from you over the years here. Um, Calming supports uh, have a lot of different um, products in them, but a lot of them that we uh, have just come out with our own calming support here at Riverside Animal Clinic. We can mail it to you if you're interested. Passionflower, chamomile, altryptophan, valerian root, and melatonin. How does melatonin work as a calming supplement? It's a wonderful agent and it helps with what they call somnolence. Now, somnolence is a when the, the sun starts going down, the body starts to go into relaxation mode. Mm-hmm. So a lot of dogs, by the time they're five years old, have lost some of that ability. Mm-hmm. So it helps to, with the relaxation. It also cleans off the pituitary. The pituitary can get calcified okay. and it helps to eliminate that so you can, the pets can think clearer, mm-hmm. sleep better, have a much deeper sleep, uh, and it works very good for calming. Okay. We also have a calming supplement that is based in mushrooms. So the king trumpet mushroom, cordyceps, turkey tail, which is a really popular mushroom for pets, and then reishi. So this product, uh, Zen Calming Support, is something that we're selling here as well, organic mushroom powder. So it's an interesting product. Um, How do mushrooms work to help calm pets? Mushrooms are just an incredible incredible fungus. You think about fungus as being bad, but (laughs) mushrooms, um, they have a lot of the active ingredients that help with calming, but it's mostly through digestion. It helps through what they call the enteric nervous system. The enteric nervous system is how the adrenal and uh, upper GI tract uh, communicate with the brain to say, okay, we're in relaxation mode. Let's digest better. Let's absorb our nutrition better. Um, it also helps to reduce inflammation, which can cause anxiety in the body. Uh, and so mushrooms are just kind of the broad, general, do it all. You know, they're okay. again, the WD-40 of the mm-hmm. herb world. All right. Well, next time we'll talk a little bit more about mushrooms. I did just want to mention, though, that um, the coyote attacks that people have been you know, posting on Facebook, you see them a lot. You see lots of coyotes in suburban areas which is kind of scary for people who don't come in contact with them. At our place, there are coyotes living, I know, just all around us because it's kind of out in the woods. So um, there are some natural ways to reduce your contact with coyotes around your property. So I just wanted to mention that a little bit because it's kind of, you know, a hot topic always. Um, A couple of things. Uh, Take down anything brushy, junk laying around, any extra trees, anything like that. Because yeah, hiding, they, they're, they're curious animals at first, so they're hiding behind things. Uh, it provides a habitat for them. Uh, so it helps, unfortunately, them to get closer to us. Mm-hmm. So by having, They have a place to den. They right? have a place to den. So uh, having that cleared up uh, provides a border. If the trees are further back, you know, if you have timber and things like that, you don't want to have stuff in the backyard where they can maybe get that close. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So some things to think about as well, um, carrying like something scary, like a change jar, a can full of change with you and you're walking your dog, that kind of thing. So um, we'll talk more about that next time. We're glad you joined us today and um, hope to see you soon next time on Holistic Vet Advice. Thanks. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank 
thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend. 